it's almost like magic because it takes the learning process sometimes from weeks down to days, sometimes hours. We're seeing almost across the board, 75% reduction in the time it takes of learners to get fully up to speed. Welcome to the Voices of Manufacturing, where business leaders across the industry share their unique challenges and insights. Brought to you by Dazuki. Welcome to the Voices of Manufacturing podcast. I'm your host, Brian Salee, and joining us today is Patrick Grout from the TWI Institute, as well as Michael Molenberg. Welcome, guys, to the show. So, Michael, uh, I'm excited. This is our first official interview where we're bringing on a guest. We've done a few other talks in the past, but this topic, I know you have some experience with TWI. You might share a little bit of background about uh, how you got introduced to TWI. Yeah, I'm real excited about this episode because I've been a fan of TWI and I've dabbled with it for years. And it was only in the last 12 months that we dug in a little bit deeper and said, let's go all in on this and let's really improve our training system, our documentation system. So I'm just thrilled to, to meet Patrick virtually and hear some of the backstory and some of the success stories that they've had. Yeah, it's a fascinating methodology. I don't know as much, Patrick, I've heard you referred to as the world-renowned expert on TWI. So you've got a lot of people who view you as the master or the expert, but uh, what is TWI? You want to give us a little background on, on what it is and uh, how you got involved in it? Sure. Thanks for those kind words. I don't know how I became the re world-renowned authority, but here I am. So I'll give it a good shot. First of all, a little bit about my background. My mom was Japanese. And after I graduated from college way back in 1980, I went to Japan and got tied up with the Sanyo Corporation. You may remember Sanyo. And of course, in those days, every company, large and small in Japan, not just Toyota, was using TWI, which they learned from the Americans after World War II. And so there, when you ask when, where does TWI came, come from, it was actually developed right here in the United States of America during World War II, as the country went into the war, we, the United States factories and shipyards were going to be, as they called it, the arsenal of democracy. We were going to build and supply all of the war material to win the war. The problem with that, though, is that all the experienced workers were heading off to fight the war. And they were being replaced by, in, in, in a large part, women who had never worked, certainly, in a factory or a shipyard before. And this was a huge challenge to win the war. And so they needed a new approach on how to deal with a famous Rosie the Riveter and other new people coming into, coming into the workforce. And so they looked at that and they said, what do we need to do differently? And the focus they realized was on the frontline supervisor, the person who was going to be talking to Rosie and teaching her the jobs and dealing with the issues there at the plant and helping her to be able to do the job better so that they could continue improving the, what they were doing in terms of the war methodology. And of course, the rest is, as they say, history. It was a phenomenal success. Many historians credit TWI and of course, the whole production scene on this side of the, on this side of the pond, as they say, for creating this incredible production juggernaut that was able to win the war. It's really interesting, Patrick, because I you could draw parallels, cannot compare today to what was going on in World War II, but we're going through a similar shift right now where we have mass retirements and we just have difficulty filling these open roles. We've got low-skilled labor coming in. It's, you know, again, not the same, but it's also this time where there's this major disruption happening to the workforce. You know, we hear that 
all the time. And we've heard it for years now where you have, for example, industries where people have worked there for 20, 30, maybe even 40 plus years. Now they're coming up on their retirement and they have to replace that workforce. And all of that know-how and tribal knowledge, as they say, was captured in these people who will be leaving. And there's really no good way of passing that on to the next generation. But more specifically, in fact, with the pandemic and of course, all the effects that's having, we have incredible amounts of turnover that we're seeing in the workforce hard to keep people motivated and learning new jobs and getting people upskilled more quickly. So all of the fact that we're present, Brian, as you say, there in the wartime are still with us today. And as they say, technology has changed over the decades, but people are still people. And the dealing with Rosie is no different than dealing with new people that we have coming into the workforce today. And I think you're right that the TWI is as applicable today or any day as it was when it was first developed. Yeah, and I think, Patrick, what's really interesting is you mentioned TBI was developed in the U.S. and then brought over to Japan. Mm-hmm. And then it, it largely went away. Is that correct? From U.S. production, we didn't use TWI, even though it was so successful, it went away for a period of time. Oh, for decades. And it's really interesting. First of all, let me say, not just Japan. TWI was so successful that the U.S. government after the war introduced it all over the world. And you see remnants of TWI. Some longer, some shorter in different countries, in particular England, New Zealand, little places. But of course, in Japan, that's where it made the biggest impact. We know what that story looks like. It went to Japan with Dr. Deming and his work on quality and all of those things in that era. But what's particularly interesting about that is that a lot of the things that we consider Japanese, for example, Kaizen, or listening to workers' opinions and taking in their ideas, that humanistic approach. Actually, the Japanese learned it from us. And that goes back even pre-war, where Toyota Taichi Ono was studying the mass production at the Ford factories. And then, of course, in the post-war era, TWI and the work of Dr. Deming. And so it was interesting, when I first got to Japan in the early 1980s, the people that I was working with were, they grew up during the war and remembered that post-war period. And they asked me why, because that was in the early 80s, that's when we started, Americans started looking at, you know, Japanese business practices. But the Japanese asked me, they say, why are you Americans so interested in Japanese management? You taught us everything we know. And so... It's funny, it's like coming full circle, coming back to the beginning, because indeed, as you said, after the war, it was forgotten or left behind. And after the war, we didn't have the need for TWI because the rest of the world had been demolished because of the war. And we just went back, all the soldiers came back and they got their old jobs back and Rosie had to go back home. And that, that bright spot of history kind of just disappeared because we just quickly went back to where we were before. But of course... As we know, the story was different in Japan. And based on those seeds of TWI, what I like to say is before lean, there was TWI. And if you look at the early days of Toyota back in the early 1950s, when TWI went to Japan, none of the things that we know of today as lean or Toyota production system were there. They were, they started based on the fundamental concepts that the Japanese learned from TWI. And so when you look at like lean and other continuous improvement and all those things that, you know, are famous, of course, from the Japanese production systems or lean, what we call lean today, you'll see that their roots are in TWI. And that's why, Michael, when you went back to seeing TWI, why it was so exciting, because it was like going back to the basics. And when you put those fundamental building blocks back into place, 
everything else then starts to kick into gear and lots of good things start to happen. Yeah, Patrick, the motivation for me digging back into the TWI archives and relearning it was actually complexity. I had operators that were just overwhelmed with the complexities of their process. And we saw this as one way of breaking that down into smaller elements, focusing on those fundamentals. And then it wasn't, the job wasn't quite as overwhelming. So could you comment on that a little bit, how the TWI methodology addresses very complex processes? Exactly. If you think back, even in the World War II era, the B-17 was the most, that was the space shuttle of its day. And here we have all the Rosies out there building this very complex piece of technology. And, but those, so in other words, what TWI did then was it was able to what we call break down the job. The idea of TWI is a very humanistic approach to learning, meaning what we need to do is break down jobs into their simplest components. When any good teacher will tell you, yeah, that's how you teach. You go to those fundamental pieces and you break them down into very simple, not necessarily simple, but smaller, digestible, easy parts to do. And without good training, that's difficult to do because most people in a complex manufacturing environment, they look at that and they say, oh, you have to learn everything from A to Z. And that takes three to five years, maybe more. We don't, the war was over in three to five years. So we didn't have that time. And there's some very famous cases of where they looked at these complex processes. The foundational case study of TWI was what they called the lens grinder cases. How long, because they had to make the lenses for the Palmadeer pilots in the war. And they said, yeah, it takes five years to learn how to do that. So we don't have five years. And so then that was the start. Then they started thinking about how can we break down those jobs into their fundamental parts and then express them in very easy to understand ways that, you know, new operators could capture and retain. And so that's a high level overview of what the job instruction process is. Yeah. And you hit on a couple of key points. I, and I like to say it this way, you, you make a trainer, a better trainer with the methodology. And I even go back to the author of the training documents. You make a writer, a better writer by, by following this methodology. That's right. And that's the part that TWI and Dozuki have in common. We're looking at how can we use these new platforms so that we need to develop skills in writing and understanding the job, breaking it down, as we like to say. And that takes a lot of skill. And when you do that, then lots of good things start to happen when it comes to education. Yeah. And Patrick, I want to go back here just a couple steps because I think this is so impressive. I'm sure our audience, a lot of people are familiar with TWI, but maybe not familiar with just how successful it was. And I was looking over some of the materials I received from you guys, but 600 companies around there were monitored during World War II. 86% of those 600 companies increased production by 25%. hundred percent of those companies reduced training time by 25% or more. And I think that's the key right now, as we look at this shifting workforce, as Michael likes to call it, we've got people retiring, people not staying in roles very long. How do you gain a competitive advantage as a manufacturer? You got to reduce that training time. And I think that's one of the key points here with the TWI methodology is how can we get someone to, to competency quicker? And so I'm curious, a lot of companies in manufacturing, they focus on job shadowing. I'm going to pair you with this other operator who's been doing it for a year. In a lot of cases nowadays, it's, they've been doing it for six months. There's just no focus on getting someone to competency. It's just, they shadow this person for two days. They can do the job now. And so how does the TWI methodology focus on getting someone to competency? How do you know when someone's ready to actually go out and do the work? 
Great question, Brian. You mentioned those incredible results that the TWI got during the war. We're getting those same results today. Michael, you saw proof of that in your application at 3M. The reason, and you asked the question, what's the secret, right? How does TWI do that? The methodology of TWI, first of all, as we mentioned, breaking down the job into small chunks and elements, even few and simple words. And there's the skill in how to write a good breakdown. So how do we, I like to say, you know, getting the simple words is not simple. That takes lots of skill and experience. I was at a little bit side story. I was at Boeing and I remember we were talking about uh, making breakdowns and we had a bunch of engineers and I said, the work we're doing right now is really more the work of poets than engineers. (laughs) And one of my engineers, he threw up his hands. He says, oh, I hated English class, but it's really more like that. It's like poetry. It's about communication. How do I find just those two or three or four words that capture the feel or technique or skill of what it is that we're trying to get them done? And once you do that, then we go through a repetition process. We repeat the jobs over and over again. And since TWI was born in the decades in between, a lot of people have done research on how the brain learns and creates memory. And believe it or not, the TWI people really understood that, even though they didn't have all the brain research. But really is about those synapses, you know, firing again and again. And if you can get your brain to go through this re- rep- repetitive process, we're creatures of habit. And so in that repetition, capturing those few and simple words that we've broken down, it speeds up the process of learning. It's a hands-on learn by doing. I'm going to repeat over and over again the job several times. And so that's the method of TWI without getting into in, into the details. But it's almost, people see this and sometimes it's almost like magic because it takes the learning process sometimes from weeks down to days, sometimes hours. We're seeing almost across the board, 75% reduction in the time it takes of learners to get fully up to speed. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm curious for Michael, obviously you guys were looking at TWI to bring TWI because you had some really complex processes. How were you guys training folks on those processes prior to TWI? What was the methodology you guys were using there? Was it mostly job shadowing or did you guys have instructor-led training? Yeah, it really varied by location and by, by leadership. Some organizations had training departments, some had hidden three ring binders, some had just job shadowing, following people around and you'll pick it up eventually. There's been a lot of talk over the years about certifying operators and qualifying and showing that competency. And I always go back to, I look at the race car pit crews that can do changeovers in seconds. It's obvious that they practice. And we weren't seeing that in manufacturing. And so I love, Patrick, that you brought up that is, is this methodology also encourages you to practice over and over until you can actually follow the standard, improve the standard, repeat it over and over again without error. And uh, I think we're just taking a more serious look at the work and saying that those pit crews have something that we don't have in manufacturing and we need that. We need the practice. And that's where TWI can help you because frontline supervisors they're not educated as teachers or coaches, and, but we can teach them that skill. So that's what TWI does. It gives them a four-step method that they can practice. And of course, embedded in that four-step method then is that cycle of repetition and practice that quickly gets new learners up to speed. Yeah. And Patrick, I want to just hold up right there because I think that's the key is a lot of training programs focus on how are we going to train the operators. This is initially focusing on how are we going to train the supervisors? to train the operators, which is 
exactly. a step up that no one really focuses on. Exactly. That's great. It's funny because the kite, when I talk to training staff and they say, we, yeah, we do have a kind of train, the trainer process and has, but it's very ephemeral. It's very loosey goosey. So we teach them about different styles. Like some learners are visual and some are kinesthetic and some are, it turns out when they look at the TWI method, it's got all of those techniques all boiled down into one method. <laughs> we don't talk about the theory of it. We just get into the practice. Here's the practice, follow this practice and you'll have great success. But yeah, we're training people how to train. And do the trainers then themselves have to be experts at the process or they just have to be experts at, and I wouldn't say experts is probably a advance of a term to use, but they just have to be extremely knowledgeable on how to teach a yeah. topic or a subject. That's a good point, Brian, because uh, that's one of the critical pieces in today's working environment in the job instruction method, the trainer is going to demonstrate the job. So in other words, the trainer has to be able to do the job. They don't have to be the best operator. And so that's the key point there, but they do have to be able to demonstrate how to do the job. And so there's two ways of looking at, you could say, if I'm the supervisor or the trainer, and I don't really know how to do that job. Here's a good opportunity for you to learn, because if you're going to be supervising that line or that operator, you should be able to do the job. Maybe you don't have to be the best at doing the job, but you should be able to, to be able to actually perform that job. But again, in many complicated processes these days, that's not the case. The supervisor of the line is not the SME, is not the expert, is not the, the best person at doing that job. And But TWI then offers another avenue, which is we can take those SMEs, we can take those experienced operators, and we can teach them how to do instruction. And then they become your instructors. And that's the typical pattern, I would say, that we see in most organizations. Your good operators, your experienced operators, your SMEs, they then will become your instructors and they will take on that extra duty of giving instruction. And I think that's pretty typical, wouldn't you say, Michael? Yeah, Patrick, I just had a flashback to my early days in manufacturing when the supervisor did know how to run the process and they probably were the expert. But the yeah. problem was they ran it their way. So they remembered how they did it 20 years ago and they weren't up on the latest and greatest and maybe the, maybe the most efficient or safe way to do it. So that's where we started seeing the gap. And then there was also the prevailing attitude of our operators, our people on the floor, our artists. We want to give them creativity. We don't want them following a standard. So I think once the light bulb went off and said, we really need a standard. That's when we started getting more serious about this methodology. So that's like, let me just follow up on that, Michael, because we're going down a very interesting avenue that TWI has helped immensely with organizations. Most organizations, quite honestly, that come to TWI are coming because they're struggling with standard work. So they're trying to do lean and all those great things that we want to do in lean, but they're at the very fundamental level. They're failing because we cannot get everyone to do it the standard way for all the reasons you just explained. But what TWI does with this methodology, especially with what we were talking about earlier with the breakdown, we can get our best operators, our best supervisors, our best SMEs, put them in a room and do that job breakdown. And when they do it together, I like to say, we're, everybody has their best way. We're going to find the best of the best ways. And so what TWI does, it gives you a kind of a modality or a a format, a, a means by which to consolidate those knacks and tricks and all the special timing and things that each of those operators and supervisors have and consolidate that into one way that we're all going to teach the job. So it's a step forward when it comes to standardization of work, which of course, as we all know, 
is the foundational bedrock of all the things that we're trying to do with continuous improvement and lean. Yeah, I think, Patrick, this is a good opportunity now. I think we've covered the background a little bit on TWI, and I'm now really interested. What is the methodology? If we were to walk through, what are the components that make up TWI? Because as you're talking about a job breakdown, I believe you called it, that, that seems like a really effective tool to document a process and to come up with a standard. So it'd be great if we could just walk through the components of the methodology. Absolutely. So let's keep on the theme of job instruction because there are some other components of TWI, but which I'll tell you briefly about. But first of all, we're talking mainly about job instruction, which was the first module of TWI and to this day, the most by heads and shoulders above the most popular and most used form of TWI. It's when people say TWI, they think job instruction. And so just what we've been talking about, you know, breaking down, first of all, the four-step method of the four-step method, in particularly emphasizing that repetition of the job. And as we, and here's the key to TWI in terms of the methodology, when we go through that repetitive process, okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Each time we go through those repetitions, we're going to feather in a little bit more information. So in other words, each time we go through those repetitions, we build on the understanding of the job. And the way we do that is the breakdown that we were talking about. The job instruction breakdown breaks down the jobs into components of what we call the important steps or Toyota likes to call the major steps, the key points, and then the reasons. In other words, we break down the job into the what to do. Those would be the steps. And then for each of those steps, we look for the how to do it. That's what we like to call key points. And then we want to identify those reasons for those key points, why we do it that way. And so there's the skill. But when you divide the job into the what and how and the why, and then when we teach it using the four-step method, each time we do it, we feather in a little bit more information. That's really the secret. That's where it's very easy and straightforward for the learner to understand even a complex fairly quickly without getting them confused with typically when we do job shadowing or other forms of instruction, we tend to, with the best of intentions, we overload the learner with too much information and all we do is make them confused. And it takes days, weeks, maybe months for them to figure it all out. But the skill of instruction then is to really look at the job, break it down into those component parts, teach one bite at a time. The foundational principle of job instruction is don't give a person more information than they can handle at one time. And any good teacher will tell you that's how you learn, whether you're five years old or 50 years old. You don't overload people with too much information. So when we do those skills and develop them and then present them in this four-step methodology, you can really train people, get them up to speed very quickly. There is one other element of job instruction, and we call the training timetable, which is really just a skills matrix where we identify where those urgent training needs are. So in other words, you don't try to train every job, all the jobs all over again. That would just be, again, too overwhelming for our trainers, but you're looking for those urgent training needs. Where do we need to apply this method? What jobs would be practical and strategically important for us to break down and train? And we look at it from that point of view as well. So that's the kind of high level. Yeah. Well, a lot of you, details, you, but uh, what, that's kind of what it's about. What sticks out to me, the why, why we mm. do it this way. And Michael, we've talked about this a lot. We've got this shifting workforce. We've got a lot of younger folks coming into the workforce and they want to be engaged. And oftentimes part of what's missing in manufacturing training is there, there is no why. It's just, this is how we do it. And you're going to do it this way. And so I'm, I'm curious, Michael, from your experience, I know you've been 
a big proponent of engaging operators. What have you seen in terms of the TWI methodology being effective in engaging the operator? Yeah, I love Patrick's sequence there of tell me what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and then and why it's so important that we do it and do it that way. And maybe Simon Sinek was wrong when he said it starts with, maybe it does really start with that. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I, you got to have all three. And I think that's what we were missing is we would tell them what to do or what the objective was or the main point, or the, even I used to describe it as the expected outcome. And people would know then when the job was done, when they were finished. But we weren't very good at specifying how to do it and precisely how to do it. So I love this feeding them little bits of information, tips and tricks at each level to get them more and more proficient. And then of course, why is important, whether it's at the beginning or the end, people want to know why. New employees, existing employees, as they're going through this learning process, that's on everybody's mind. And how do we bake that right into the work instructions? I think that's what the methodology it provides for. One of the things that the Japanese liked about TWI, and they state this, it's in the history books. They love the humanistic approach yes. to TWI. And that's going back to the very beginning of our conversation with Rosie the Riveter going into the, here's someone who's never had a, maybe had a job before, much less in a factory. You've got to treat her differently than what we did in the past. And so by telling them, and we say some people are human beings, if you don't tell me why, you're not giving me any motivation for following that standard. And if it has no meaning, then I'll just do it my own way because there's, I'll just, I'll find a better way. And so in other words, by telling someone why you're really engaging them on a very humanistic level. I like to say, it's not just that you're teaching the person the job, you're convincing them that you want to do it this way. So you see the motivational piece and there's other parts of TWI, which focus on that as well. We're trying to engage the person, motivate them to following the standards. So just telling someone do it like this, that doesn't work really well. So, you know, what they, what the TWA founders were able to capture was really a much more effective way of getting at people's deep down motivation and intrinsic value in the work, valuing the worker and their ideas. And of course, that's, as you say, that's what the Japanese grasped onto and just, of course, ran with that. And there's just lots of other elements, but it really starts with that why. And that's really one of the critical aspects. But going back to the other thing that you said, Michael, one of the things when we say why, when you tell someone why up front, typically why is where you get into a lot of the words, the explanations and the complexity of it all. The complexity of it really gets into the reasons, right? So if you put those things up front, all you do is make the person confused. And so by holding the why to the end, imagine it when you're teaching a job, if as we go through those repetitions, we start with the what. First you do this, second you do this, third you do this, fourth you do this. Show them the job from start to end, no details. And they're like, okay, and they're watching. This is, remember, this is something new. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. First you do this, then you do this. Then, okay, let me show it to you again. Okay, when you do this first piece, here's how you do it. Make sure you go, oh, like this. Be sure you go, like, okay, watch this part. Watch that part. Okay, the learner is just, you can see their eyeballs getting big. Okay, they're watching and just absorbing all of this. No reasons, no whys or wherefores. Just very simple, straightforward. You're going to do this and you're going to do it like this. And then you go through that. Now we've seen it from start to end twice. We've seen some of the details. And then we do it again. Now, after they've seen it two, three times, then you can say, okay, now let me tell you all those whys and wherefores. And that's typically where you're going to get a lot of words, a lot of lengthy explanations because, you know, you can't explain it in just two or three words. And so that's where one of my colleagues likes to say, that's where you have permission to talk. That's where you can let loose and get into the details. But you see, you've saved all of that explanation for the end. 
instead of at the beginning. And so now by the time you get into all those whys and wherefores, I understand the process and I understand what those critical pieces are. So I'm not going to get confused when you get into all the whys and the wherefores. But it's really that that why is such a critical piece. And of course, that's the part that Toyota grasped onto and just insists on their frontline workers understanding why they're doing what they do. Because without that, I can't really be assured that the learner, that the worker, the operator is going to do it following the standard each and every time. What's interesting, Patrick, is the why, as you're walking through that example with me, you're building, I'm getting more curious. And so (laughs) you're almost developing the mindset of the worker to be curious. And then they have now a foundation almost to drive continuous improvement thing because now they know why they know we need to do it this way. Now I can start to think about, okay, within these constraints, we have to do it this way because of this. How can I improve the process? And of course, that's one of the bedrocks, which Toyota in the Toyota product system or what we call lean, they'll say, yeah, if the operator doesn't understand why they're doing it that way, then they can't think. In JI, we like to say you were doing the work conscientiously. In other words, I'm teaching them to do the work conscientiously. In other words, I'm thinking about what I'm doing. And so therefore, if something changes or if there's a, if I think, oh, I can do this better, here's why I have to do it this way. But gee, if I did it like this, oh, now we're one foot into the Kaizen process. And of course, that's another, another module that we can talk about with TWI. Yeah. So Patrick, what I heard was if you want a really long conversation, start with why. If you start with the what, how, then the why, you develop curiosity. Yes. I really like that. Mm-hmm. And the word that comes to my mind is also just respect. You're showing a lot of respect to your trainee, to your employee, by, by, by just not overwhelming them with too much information. And yet over time, building the story and really valuing them as an individual saying, boy, I really care about you. I want you to do this. I want you to have deep understanding. And then maybe this leads to a question is, and then how do we improve it? I think it leads them down the improvement path as well, which I think is also very respectful. What do you think? Yes. What am I doing yeah. wrong? How would you improve the process? So can you talk a little bit about the improvement process in TWI? Exactly. So another module of TWI, there were actually, let me back up a little bit. There were actually three original modules to TWI, job instructions, which we've been talking about at length here. The job relations, which was a leadership model, you know, how to deal with people, you know, how to build strong relationships, very closely related to the job instruction. Again, that respect for people, how to build relationships. And then very interestingly, job methods, which was the, we would call Kaizen, the improvement piece. And it's very interesting because people today, we imagine Kaizen, oh, it's a Japanese thing. We even have a Japanese word, Kaizen. But actually, Kaizen was introduced into Japan, this idea of continuous improvement with the TWI methodologies. In fact, in, in, in Japan, the course, job methods, the, the TWI course is called Kaizen no Shikata, how to do Kaizen. So that was the original Kaizen in in Japan. And basically, again, it's a four-step methodology that was introduced and to help supervisors find improvements. And basically, it's just a way of, lean people would recognize it. It's a way of analyzing the job, getting the details, and then questioning those details and really questioning, why do we do it this way? And if it is necessary, then where would be the best place? What about here? What about there? Who's the best person? What if we had this person or that person? When's the best time? Should we do this first or last? What's the sequence so that we're not walking back and forth? It's just a questioning methodology. And we write down 
And the key that here is the answers to those questions are our ideas. So we have it's an idea generation methodology where you can just an endless stream of ideas when you get into questioning. Of course, that's the skill of it. And that's what we teach and practice in, in, in TWI classes is how do you question those details then to come up with these ideas, in which case then we try to eliminate and combine and rearrange and simplify the details of the job. So it's really, a, a, again, a very step-by-step methodology that everyone can participate in in order to find better ways of doing the job. And but I just want to emphasize again, this, we, Americans, we were doing this in the 1940s. <laughs> this is not something we learned from the Japanese. Patrick, as we work towards closing out this episode, I would love to hear, how are you guys working with manufacturers? What's a common scenario? Manufacturer calls up the TWI Institute. What are they dealing with? What's going on that gets them to reach out to you guys? Yeah, honestly, like I said a little bit earlier, it's because they're struggling to find standard work. That's num- the overwhelming reason why people find and come to TWI. They look at the Toyota work and they say, gee, we've been doing this lean for years now. Why aren't we like Toyota? And then they do a little research and think, oh, here's that missing link, that missing piece. We haven't been able to instruct our people properly. And what we recommend in an engagement is really start with a pilot project, maybe one area or one process that you're struggling with and try it out. You'll be surprised. We were doing some work during the pandemic with Gallo Wine and they were struggling because of course people were out, not coming in because of the pandemic. Turns out during the pandemic, people drink a lot of wine and alcohol. So they had to, they couldn't keep it on the shelves and they needed workers. And they were coming up with brand new lines, completely new lines, new equipment, bringing in people, training them. And they just had incredible successes. They had one line, which they were, we were calling it the vertical startup. They, they literally put a brand new line in the first week of operation. They were hitting all their targets. Literally, they turned it, the line on and it ran, which is almost unheard of in manufacturing, but they have a brand new line, just start up immediately. And it was a, an incredible success. And then they did it again on another new line, the vertical startup. And now it's really become part of their, their regular way in which they train people. In fact, uh, there's a thing, you know, people in Gallo Wine, you know, what, and you'll know it's succeeding when people start asking, are you going to, are you going to jib me on that? We call it the job instruction breakdown <laughs> yeah. that we've been talking about. It's uh, sometimes referred to as a jib. So now the workers, it's a verb now at Gallo Wine. They say, are you going to jib me? Meaning, are you going to use TWI to teach me? And the answer, of course, is yes. And then, okay, yeah, I want to learn that. They're, that. That motivational part. Yeah, if you train me, I want to learn that job. I want to do it. I have confidence that I'll be able to do it. And so really starting out with one area, one line, one particular process, maybe that is unstable or giving you trouble, because the best way, of course, to introduce TWI or any methodology is to let people see how it works. And when they see the value of it, then they'll want more. And then it almost creates a life of its own where people say, oh, yeah, we need that. We need that part. When are you going to train us? And it generates that kind of motivation for people to come and learn the method. And yeah, we've seen a lot of success with that. Great. Patrick, this has been a great episode. We're, we, I think we're just scratching the surface with understanding TWI and how it could be used in manufacturing. We're going to definitely do a follow-up episode sometime in the fall. Where we'll dig in further with you, but this has been great and appreciate your time. And Michael, thank you as well. Thanks for having me. And then just, as you can tell, I really love talking about TWI. So I'll look forward to our next uh, conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. It's great. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Voices of Manufacturing, brought to you by Dazuki. To stay up to date, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Visit dozuki.com slash podcast to learn more.